Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Good morning, everybody. Today is Monday, May 15th, 2023. I'm your host, Efren Jr., and today we pulled in the springtime of his voodoo. Hi, everybody. Happy Monday. I'm here. I'm clear and get used to it. I love a Monday. We love a Monday here at the Drive All Night Studios, here in this apartment that I rent to own. I wish. We love a Monday here because it gives us the chance to reset. Yes, we know that we can reset the royal we, the many personalities that live within me. Yes, we know that we can reset any day of the week, but Monday is always just, it's just cleaner. You know, I don't know why. It just feels cleaner. So I'm all about it. I hope you had a wonderful weekend and it was DragCon here in Los Angeles in downtown LA particularly. So there were so many drag events and I'm speaking from the other side of the veil or the other side of the timeline. I'm peeking from the inside of the veil. The veil's not yet been made because I'm about to go hang out with Paul Roy and Shags for a bear bust, beer bust, Sunday evening soiree. It's about to happen, but I'm going to report on it as if it has happened so last night sunday me and shaggy and paul roy hung out it was amazing we had such a good time but they left way too early and i was stuck there as always the last one standing is it just because i'm younger than those two i think it is i mean that's just a known fact i don't know how i've managed to keep my joie de vivre all these years it's as if i'm aging backwards almost it's as if i'm aging in reverse i don't know what's happening no i'm sure it's gonna be an amazing time and we pulled in the springtime of his voodoo today which I listened to it multiple times, you know, and it had it occurred to me I hadn't really listened to the song in a while. I don't know when the last time we pulled it was, but it's always welcome in this house. So I played it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. But what I hadn't listened to in a long time was the rookery ending. And I listened to the rookery ending and I got a little teary eyed. You know, it takes so little these days. So I got a little teary eyed and right there for a minute, I knew you so well. Right there for a minute, you were my enemy. Right there for a minute in the rookery and right there for a minute, I was over it. We waited 20 years for a coda for in the springtime of his voodoo, and when it finally arrived, it just summed up the whole, not only the whole song for me, but the whole album, the whole Voice for Pele experience, the whole of it all. Right there for a minute, I knew you so well, Right there for a minute, you were my enemy. Right there for a minute in the rookery. Right there for a minute, I was over it. Because in the springtime of his voodoo, I believe, he was going to show me spring. In the springtime of his voodoo, at the beginning of his magic, when his magic was fresh, when the love was fresh, when we were sort of playing around, when it was starting to become a thing, he was going to show me spring. He was going to be, it was almost like he was going to be everything. He was going to cleanse me. He was going to show me the world, show me nature, show me the seasons. But she never says he did show me spring. It was always he was going to, and it feels unfulfilled. The song feels unfulfilled, like he just never showed her spring. And obviously you can take from the context of Boys for Pele or from where it sits in the album that it is sort of mournful, almost regretful, like none of this actually happened. And you can't rely on anyone's promises at the end of a relationship, the promises they made at the beginning, you know? Everybody, I think, comes into a relationship, not everybody, but most people, most human beings, come into a relationship with good intentions, you know? I know that in every, for the, I can't think of a single romantic relationship I've been in where I haven't come in with just hearts in my eyes, good intentions, for almost to my detriment, for years, 
I used to have this habit when I was younger that I would rush. Like when we would start a relationship, I was it was already like 100% right at the beginning. It was very smothering. And when I, you know, I don't know if it's because there weren't many homosexuals where I grew up. I didn't have a very close-knit gay circle in Las Cruces, New Mexico. So anytime I would meet a gay meet a fellow homosexual I, that I was interested in and was interested in me, it was like 1,000% right from the beginning. And I think that's because when you have options, you may not drive so fast towards the wall. But because options seemed few and far between, everything was so much more meaningful. And maybe that's, maybe that's not true. Maybe it's just because it is me and I'm dramatic and I was very, very eager to experience the joys and the pen and the traps of romance. Ever since Paula Abdul's Rush Rush came out, I wanted to experience romance. So I can name all of the boyfriends I had that I smothered with my deep, deep affection, with my need, smothered with my need. But the point that I'm trying to make is that I came into it all with good intentions. I would have married every single one of them. Would it have worked out? Probably not, because I didn't know myself really I didn't know myself and I didn't know what I was getting into and it was just all stars in my eyes stars and hearts so I think we can experience great loss in a relationship or we can experience great like the great dip in a relationship like the fall you know like the free fall of a relationship and it can be so meaningful obviously boys for Pele was really 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 important it's the most important piece of literature art music that's ever been made but more importantly than that it was important to her whatever happened to create this masterwork was very very important to her it was presumably as you know just pulling from her what she said it was hard to go through and it obviously changed her life in a lot of ways but to hear 20 years later the simplicity less than a minute this rookery ending is less than a minute and it doesn't even start until like five six seven seconds in right so it's even shorter than that. And I know she recorded the Rookery ending in 1996. You can just tell with the voice, but also she said in a quote at some point you, that she would experiment with different endings and just to give her options when she's like ordering the album. And because it feels like such a coda, it could have been like the end of the album for sure, almost maybe going into Twinkle if putting the damage hadn't been done, but whatever. I, w- I would love to hear them together. I might, I might put them together at the end of this episode, but to hear this coda 20 years later, simply wrap it up. I knew you so well, you were my enemy. In the rookery, I was over it. As quickly as it came, and as painfully as it broke my heart, that's as quickly as I was over it. It was just done. It reminds me, again, I've said this a million times, but Angela Chase dancing to Violent Femmes in My So-Called Life, when she's just suddenly over Jordan Catalano. And isn't that when they always come back, when you're suddenly over them? So what can the bag, what is the bag trying to teach us today on New Music Monday? What is the bag trying to teach us today? Your guess is as good as mine, sister. But my thought is, with a little time, with a little perspective, Everything seems okay. Everything looking back on it, this little coda, it just seems like, oh, you know, I went through this very important, very meaningful thing, and I'm glad for the lesson. I'm grateful for the lesson. So perhaps, and there is a gratitude, I think, in the Rookery ending. It's not, it doesn't sound mean. She's not like pissed off screaming about it. You know, I was over it. And that's the greatest lesson of all, maybe, is to get over it. You're here, you're begging, you're like on your knees in like a very bad moment, begging for voodoo on these prunes. Like, please make me something else. Please give me qualities that I do not have that will attract this person that's not interested in me. How can I be this completely separate version of myself that attracts this person? But in the end, I was over it. 
in the end, it didn't work out. I knew you very well, which implies deep, deep friendship or a deep connection. And that connection morphed into a bitter feud. Right there for a minute, you were my enemy. And then right there for a minute, I was over it. And if the rookery ending is not the story of my life, then I don't want to write a biography. I don't want to write a memoir. My memoir's been written. My memoir's called The Rookery Ending. When my memoir's published, it's going to be 475 pages, and they're all going to be blank. And then right on the last page, it'll be the lyrics to The Rookery Ending. And I'm going to sell it for $29.95 hardcover. $39.95 hardcover. Know your worth. Know when you're the sweetest cherry in an apple pie. You got to know your worth. And speaking of worth, I need to go pull out $100 in singles so I can tip the queens at the drag bar when we are drinking. Because you know what? I am here to support. I'm here to support drag queens. Isn't it delightful what's happening? <laughs> I mean, I okay. Isn't it? I was going to say, isn't it delightful what's happening to George Santos, how he's arrested and charged with 13 federal crimes? Isn't that delightful? And I'm not, and I do not condone schadenfreude. However, when a homosexual man, when a homosexual tries to purposely make it more difficult for homosexuals and aligns himself with his oppressor, that's what we are going through. He's aligned with the oppressor so deeply, I don't think he even realizes it. And I hate that man. I really dislike that man. And I can't wait till he goes to prison. And you know what's sad is that I feel like he'll go to prison long before Donald Trump will go to prison. But I can't wait for him to go to prison also. I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping for it. Because if you saw that Anderson Cooper come to Jesus moment, I'm going to play that right here. Anderson, take it away, Andy. Many of you have expressed deep anger and disappointment. Many of you are upset that someone who attempted to destroy our democracy was invited to sit on a stage in front of a crowd of Republican voters to answer questions and predictably continued to spew lie after lie after lie. And I get it. It was disturbing. It was disturbing to see and hear that person refer to a black law enforcement officer as a thug, an adjective he used many times to describe black men, and call Caitlin Collins, the moderator, nasty, which is what he calls any woman who stands up to him. It was disturbing to hear him speak so highly of QAnon conspirators and insurrectionists who assaulted police officers in our democracy on January 6th. And it was awful to hear him spread ridiculous lies about the election. And it was certainly disturbing to hear that audience, young and old, our fellow citizens, people who love their kids and go to church, laugh and applaud his lies and his continued defamation of a woman who, according to a jury of his peers, he sexually abused and defamed. As good a job as Galen Collins did trying to fact-check him, it is impossible to fact-check fully because he lies so shamelessly. Now, many of you think CNN shouldn't have given him any platform to speak, and I understand the anger about that, giving him the audience, the time, I get that. But this is what I also get. The man you were so disturbed to see and hear from last night, that man is the front-runner for the Republican nomination for president. And according to polling, no other Republican is even close. That man you were so upset to hear from last night, he may be president of the United States in less than two years. And that audience that upset you, that's a sampling of about half the country. They are your family members, your neighbors, and they are voting. And many said they're voting for him. Now, maybe you haven't been paying attention to him since he left office. Maybe you've been enjoying not hearing from him, thinking it can't happen again. Some investigation is gonna stop him. Well, it hasn't so far. So if last night showed anything, it showed it can happen again. It is happening again. He hasn't changed, and he is running hard. You have every right to be outraged today and angry and never watch this network again. But do you think staying in your silo and only listening to people you agree with is going to make that person go away? 
Terrifying. That's just fucking terrifying. So I can't. I'm going to get mad. We're going to do the Mensa quiz of the day. And from last time, remember this question. Back at the Puzzle Land toy store, the proprietor has priced a game at 14 cents, a doll at 21 cents, a koala bear at 28 cents, and a top at 14 cents. Using the same logic or lack of it... How much does he charge for a pinwheel? I chose 21 cents because I didn't have any idea what the fuck was going on, but it sounded right. So I'm going to look at the answer here live for the first time. I don't have any idea. There is no logic in my mind. Hold on. It says the toys are priced at 7 cents per consonant. So a pinwheel costs 35 cents. Oh, you tricksters. You genius tricksters. Okay, that was a 45%, meaning 45% of Mensa geniuses got that. So if you didn't get that, don't feel bad. Only 45% of the official Mensa genius people got it. Okay, today is May 15th. A Tom Swifty is a pun based on Tom's extraordinary expressiveness. Hand me the egg beater, said Tom stirringly. A Tom Swifty punning sentence is encoded below. All the vowels, including Y, have been removed, and the letters broken into groups of three. Reconstitute the sentence. Okay, wait. So you're going to have to listen to this. A Tom Swifty is a pun based on Tom's extraordinary expressiveness. Hand me the egg beater, said Tom stirringly. Get it? He's asking for you to hand him the egg beater stirringly. So that's the pun. Hand me the egg beater, said Tom stirringly. A Tom Swifty punning sentence is encoded below. All the vowels, including Y, have been removed, and the letters broken into groups of three. Reconstitute the sentence. And there's three groups of three, so for 15 letters, and all the vowels have been removed. So it's T-H-R blank. So the first group is T-H-R. Write this, write this down. T-H-R, S-N-W, T-R-S, DTM, DRL. Figure it out. I'll post, obviously, if you're listening to this on Spotify, I'll post a picture of the Tom Swifty pun on our Spotify and also on our Instagram in our stories. So I hope you have a wonderful Monday. Remember, the lesson that the bag seems to be teaching us is to, you'll be fine, is that you will be fine. If I'm honest, when I'm thinking about the rookery ending, I'm thinking about someone very meaningful to me in my life at one point that... I knew very well that was very, very important to me for a very long time. And because we got ourselves into some sort of trouble a couple of years ago, became my bitter enemy and then eventually became nothing. I, you know, we're no longer friends. It's really sad if you think about it, but it was such a lesson. And when I think about these devastating moments in Tori Amos music, they've transferred over the years to many different people. But one thing's always stayed the same is that It's a place, the music is a place for healing and it's a place to move forward. And she writes from that place. And I said this last week and I hadn't really ever thought it before until I said it. But when I said it, it made so much sense to me about Boys for Pele, which is that the album came with a sense of healing, that the album was a journey from the from the beginning. So there was always encoded healing in that album and Boys for Pele. And we could identify with the twists and turns and the going into the underworld and the crawling on your knees because that phone is not ringing. The man who just really doesn't give a shit about you. The things you do to yourself in order to get his attention. The things you do to yourself in order to punish yourself for not having his attention. The ways you disregard your own health, your own mental health, your own physical health. All of these things that you do to get this guy. 
or because you don't have this guy or because you need someone else to look at you and you need someone else to see you or you're incredibly lonely, all of these things that you do. And we identify with those moments, I think, in the album, Call Light Sneeze, Blood Roses, Professional Widow, all of these like re- donut song, for God's sake, all of these, Hey Jupiter, for fu- even my God. Anyway, we identify with these really, really devastating moments, but she gave us those devastating moments with as part of a journey, with an ending, with her ending that she found while making it that was healing, that, that healed her. So all of these things came together. There was never a time where we had blood roses, where we didn't have twinkle so that's something to think about when you find yourself in a really devastating place or in a really heartbreaking heartbroken place because i hope to never be there again but who knows you never know you don't know where life is going to take you you really just don't so encoded in the suffering encoded in the devastation is the healing or as part of it maybe not encoded with it but in tandem with it, next to it. You can be in your feels for Boys for Pele and also receive the message of Twinkle. Also receive the message of putting the damage on. Also receive the message of, well, not the rookery ending because she didn't put that on there, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Right there for a minute, I was over it. I was over it. I healed. I moved on. It's always going to be a part of my life, a part of my tapestry, but I moved on. I was over it. I'm over it. I hope to completely be able to say that one day and completely believe it in my own life because I'm not over it entirely. I'm over it, I guess. We're not friends anymore. It's better for my mental health. That sort of devastating time, I'm over that. Am I over the way the friendship was destroyed? Probably not. I'm not over that. I wish it hadn't happened. I regret it for sure. All of it. All of it. That's just my story. But what can you do about it? You can't really change your past. Right there for a minute, I knew you so well. Right there for a minute, you were my enemy. And right there for a minute, I was over it. So I hope you have a wonderful day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Okay, bye.
explain You know exactly what causes my pain And I can tell you again and again If you insist to pretend Sleep tucked in a tiny ball Used to listen when I sang her favorite song Held her fingers so she'd wake with me Get drunk and sink into the couch for the TV Couple of years you couldn't go outside Thought long as she was here then I would be just fine Had a cough and made me nervous then Thought it would pass by time the wind met its end. Oh, 
doctor said it doesn't go away Nothing left to do but hope and medicate Held her fingers so she'd wake with me Get drunk and stay awake for days I'd watch her breathe Got her ashes from the vet today I can't look at them and find the proper place She used to sleep tucked in a tiny ball Used to listen when I sang her favorite song Oh
pretty soon that big yellow moon will light you back to the one that you love arizona moon keeps shining from the desert sky above you know pretty soon that that big yellow moon will light you back to the one you love 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 look how
Oh, yeah. 
Never Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamos.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. <laughs>